your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to you. It's Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solem. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Been chatting with some school board candidates uh, over the last little bit here, sending some emails, going to try to roll some of, through some of these candidates on the show over the next coming couple of weeks as we count down to the April election. And the first candidate I'm going to have on will be joining us here in a couple of minutes, Jeff Jackson. Nine candidates running for school board. I don't know if that's a record, but it seems like a lot. But also there's four seats. so, And we're down to eight candidates now, but there were nine. So we're down to eight candidates running for school board. And Jeff Jackson's going to be joining us here in seven minutes. Uh, so if you have any questions that maybe I should ask a school board candidate, you could shoot me a text and I'll open that text line. I have too many tabs open right now. And one of them is not the talk and text line. I have like a bunch of school board candidate, Facebook pages open is what I'm, I was doing. Um, yeah. So it, you know what you could do is you can get just, just Google the, the school board candidates names. And then if you want to read a, a little bit about what they're, doing on social media they most of them have pages so you can go check them out uh but we'll do that here as well and like i said if you got questions 608 608-785-7914 i'm just filibustering because i'm trying to open this text line um a couple of things happening in the state right now there's always budgets it's always budget talk and i believe I believe we could talk a little bit about this stuff tomorrow with Adam Murphy, uh, my political blowhard. I'm going to bring him on tomorrow, hopefully. Uh, GOP Wisconsin Budget Committee. So the Republicans had this this uh, this committee that's kind of in charge of the budget on the Republican side, and um, they said uh, no flat tax. Essentially, not not at this time, which is probably a good sign. That we're going to negotiate because if the, if the Republicans throw a flat tax into their budget, then it's going to get crossed out. I believe that's how that works. The governor just veto pens it out. So why even put it in? I mean, there, there it's some, some of this talk between. Hopefully, some of this talk could be between the governor and the committees that are putting the other budget together because we threw the governor's budget in the trash. Apparently, I I always love that. That's the the conversation we're we're gonna throw that budget on in the trash and start from scratch you're like really or you could just use that budget and you know you could make your own but you don't have to th- say you're throwing it away or or whatever so uh the the one the other story i saw that in, that just kind of involves governor evers the republican national convention is coming to milwaukee in july of 2024 so we're way out right but i think I think Governor Evers, like, got got ahead of the got ahead of Republicans, and got ahead of anyone else who who lobbies for this stuff. In terms of, all right, Republicans are to come presidential election twenty twenty four. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to push back bar time for you you people so you can drink longer. You could stay out till four a.m. So he pushed back bar time to four a.m. in the c- counties around Milwaukee. 
for those who are going to come and enjoy the Republican National Convention. And I'm sure I, when we talked last week of when uh, Evers dropped the news that he was going to give the Brewers 290 some million dollars for stadium renovation repairs and put that in the budget. Republicans were mad because I think they were mad, be- not because he was going to do it, but because he took the message. Because I feel like if you're going to sidle up to a billionaire or almost a billionaire, a Brewers owner, uh, you'd be like, hey, guess what? Billionaire who's got lots of money to donate to my political campaign we're going to give you $290 million to update the stadium. And Evers took that. He grabbed the headlines with it first. And I don't even know, I don't even like the the plan, but if, if it's a, if it's a political thing, then it's kind of genius because Evers grabbed it before Republicans or anyone else, anyone that's lobbying for this stuff could grab the headline and say, Hey, we want to give the brewers some money. So now we've done it again. Evers is saying he's pushing back bar time so that when people come to Milwaukee to enjoy the Republican National Convention, they could stay out later. And I'm sure a bunch of state legislators here and maybe even federal legislators would have liked to have made that proposal first. So Evers way out, way out ahead of that. So that's my take. I haven't, I haven't heard that. I don't know if that's anyone else's take. I don't know if that's if people are writing about that, but that's just kind of how I see it as I learn about politics over the last couple of years. Um, all right. So coming up, Jeff Jackson, Lacrosse School Board. There's, you know, some of the things we could talk about here with the school board, and in terms of, and and shoot me, shoot me questions. I'm I'm interested because this is this is I'm learning here. So interviewing school board candidates and learning about the school board and. Uh, watching school board meetings. God bless you all for watching school board meetings. <laughs> I tell you, they're so boring. Um, but, you know, like there's an operating budget referendum question on the ballot, $60 million over six years, I believe. Uh, we just we just denied the school, uh, a new high school, right, in a building consolidation plan. Um, other issues, the school board voted to give teachers a slight raise, but not the raise they were asking for. School board just recently clo- decided to close Lincoln, um, and then I have some other things that I uh, that I could throw at Jeff as well. But we got to take a break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to the Cross Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the text line. If you have questions, if you want to ask a school board candidate questions. Maybe I'll get to them because sometimes I can't talk and read at the same time. But Jeff Jackson's joining me now. Uh, hi, Jeff. <laughs> hey, Rick. I played, Thanks for having me. I played Miley Cyrus. Are, are kids playing Miley Is that a song that we play in the school anymore? Probably not, right? Uh, at least not in my house, no. <laughs> not in your house. Um, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, you're you're one of, well, originally nine people running for school board, but now we're down to eight, and we're going to cut that number to four. Uh, the goal is to be in the top half and maybe even the like top three, right, Jeff? Because if you're the if you're the fourth candidate, then you have to run again in a year. I don't know if you knew this. Yeah, yeah, I know. So we're we're shooting for top three if we can get there. But yeah, uh, four would be fine, but three is preferable. So what is it? What is it like running for school board? How how do you? Is it the same as any other campaign? You're out knocking on doors, and then like, how do people receive you when you do that? If you do that. So this has been interesting because I've never done this before. So as far as anything political, uh, so it's been a learning experience. My family's been involved, my wife and my kids, as we do all these things. So at least 
if we, if nothing else, we all get a learning experience about how democracy works. Um, but yeah, we've been we went out knocking on doors. We did a we did a mailer um, the last time or early in the primary to try and get our name out. Uh, I'm not my my wife's from the area, but I'm not personally from here. We've lived here about 12 years, so I don't have as much name recognition as other people around the ballot. So we wanted to make sure we got our name out as best we could. But uh, yeah, a lot of knocking on doors, a lot of talking to people. And now, it's, it's interesting. We've had some, some interesting stories talking to people. How about that? I mean, you don't have name recognition, but you could go as Double J if you wanted. I know. I'm hoping just the real easy, you know, Jeff Jackson's pretty easy to remember. So I'm hoping if they're like, hey, that guy's got a normal name, I'll, I'll vote for that person. Yeah, I remember I remember Double J coming over. <laughs> yeah, remember that guy? <laughs> I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a, a winning strategy, calling yourself Double J. Um, uh, but, but you, I guess, I don't know if this is, I don't know if it's fair to ask this, but I, I'll just ask it. Do you do you have you do you have? It sounds like you do. Do you have kids? Do you, have they gone through school? Do you have kids in the school district? All, all that stuff. Have you experienced the school board meeting? <laughs> uh, so yes, yeah, so yes to both. Uh, I've got three kids in the district, um, ranging from kindergarten up to middle school, and uh, I have experienced school board meetings, and it just depends on the meeting. Um, about what you're if there there definitely can be long and and there's a lot of formality to it um and they can be dry sometimes but that's it's a lot of learning um as to how all these things work whether it's it's just kind of like municipal government they're all funded kind of differently so it's definitely interesting to watch is it is it that you have three kids and they're in the school district why you're running for school board because you have watched the meetings you're going to put yourself through those you're going to make your, those are going to be mandatory for you now. And then you're going to have to, after that, go to the, like the workshops afterwards and learn about all this crap, which is very, I don't, I don't know if it's complicated, but I would say it's time consuming. Definitely time consuming. So yeah, so part of the reason I'm running is, yeah, I've got three kids in the district. I'd like to have more parental voice of kids that are actively in the district. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that I was at least uh, putting my name in the hat for that. And then, you know, after the last failed referendum i think there's i was concerned there was going to be some candidates that were going to run that uh maybe are only focused on that um which to me was just uh telling us that that's not wasn't the right plan so uh, that's kind of how i got into the mix on this it was just uh trying hopefully be a voice of reason uh a parental voice of reason on the board but yeah it's gonna be very time consuming i'm typically this is pretty outside of my norm i'm not super front and center i'm mostly the back of the house at home, I, I make sure the house is cleaned and kids are where they need to be and food's done. So this is definitely a little bit outside of my comfort zone. Yeah, when you talk about, I, I'll just say it, it's almost like a, some candidates may be on running on one issue and the issue is kind of put to bed to a degree. We're not going to build a new high school. I don't think that's going to be the plan anytime soon. So I, I guess uh, is that does that come up a lot when you're talking to people about running and and how do you how do you you know approach that conversation? Yeah, it definitely comes up. Um, certain people are really passionate about that, and especially given the history uh, of the two high schools and, and North and South. And again, not being from here, it's something I've I understood and, and experienced, but I definitely didn't grow up in it. Um, so that helps and hurts me. Um, but no, I mean, the issue is pretty much the bed. We heard the community loud and clear. It's not the right plan. It wasn't well thought out. It wasn't, uh, well vetted and it wasn't well communicated. So, um, and it didn't make a lot of sense. So 
no, I think we need to move on and figure out how to solve the funding problems and um, well, let's talk support problems. Well, let's talk about that. What, what, do you, what do you see the problems that, that you as a school board member would have to deal with over the next, if it's a three-year term? If the three-year term, so there's there's big things. The main problems I see is funding, right? It's, it's how we're funded right now. So our, our teachers need a pay increase. Uh, our buildings need, need support and updating. Um, our curriculum needs to make sure that we are, are, are delivering best-in-class, and it's not just best-in-class you know, trying to get somebody to go to college. It's best in class to get somebody to trade. It's best in the class, you know, to get somebody to college, best in class to just move on to the next job and prepare people for life. Uh, so I think all of those things have to happen, and all of that comes down to funding and community input. And uh, the community said no on the last, last referendum, which is great. It's fine. Um, but we want to understand what that community wants um, for their kids and for the schools. Um, so that's kind of the big things I see is teachers and, and facilities and and solving our, our funding problem. So, and I think it's going to take some creativity to, to solve those problems. Yeah, I would say the, the all the reasons you gave for the, the high school plan are great uh, on why it, it didn't succeed or didn't pass, I guess is the, the best way to say that. But the, the other thing, too, I think was it was just ill-timed as we come out of a pandemic and inflation is, is high and uh, prices are going up for, if you want to call it inflation, you can, prices are going up on goods, you know, like, and also now we want to build a high school. And then I always thought it was funny. We're going to consolidate. We have too many buildings in our district. So we're going to consolidate by building a new one. So, and, and I think, I think when it's all said and done, building a new high school would have been great. Cause you, if, if the goal is to bring more kids to the district, if that's how schools are funded in a way. Then, then a new high school would have been that would have been a good plan, but it was just kind of, it was ill timed, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, I work around the construction industry, and the this is like it was like the worst time to build anything. Inflationary, it's the worst inflation I've ever seen in our in the trades that I, I work with, and it's been pretty static for years. And it was, I mean, huge increases on raw materials, so uh, and labor is at a shortage right now. So yeah, it would have been really really ill timed. It would have been the most expensive high school. We've, it's worst time to build something like that from a construction project standpoint. You you mentioned too that the you know kill, cutting cutting lacrosse from two high schools to one, so no central and Logan the rivalry there. Do are people pretty passionate about that? Because if you said to me my old high school was going to dissolve into a neighboring high school and they were going to consolidate, I would be like, well, that sucks. But you know, <laughs> it's it is what it is. They if they have to do it, they have to do it. Yeah, I think it's definitely see. I see it. Um, I ref uh, high school soccer, um, and I don't do it as often as I, I can. I've got with my three small kids, it's, it's tough for me to – there's definitely some dedicated uh, officials, not just in soccer, but in all the sports. Um, but you see the rivalry, and it's not just, you know, Logan and Central, it's, you know, with Aquinas and West Salem and, and Holman, but there's definitely a special, <laughs> a special game when you watch uh, Central and Logan play. Uh, at least on the soccer field, and I'm sure it's on on the rest of the sports uh, across it. So, and the unfortunate part is you see the rivalry, but you also see that the programs could be better funded because we're splitting resources. Yep. Right. So I I think there's it's a kind of a catch twenty two when you watch it from a competitive standpoint where our our potential players in all sports are split, um, and also resources are split. So can, it's it's a great rivalry to watch, but also as you look at it just from an operational and budget standpoint, you're going, okay, is this the best use of funds? And I'm not, I'm not proposing anything here. I still want to see the rivalry be there, but 
you can also look at it and say, you know, look, take a step back and say, well, what could we do something different? And, and in, probably not in every sport, but and we're already co-oping in some sports, but, um, but yeah. It's, yeah, is that uh, it's is, still there, and it's definitely the passion still there. Is that the only place like that people care about if there is a Central and a Logan is because of sports? I, I don't even know if there would be anything else. It is kind of a funny concept. Like, oh no, Central and Logan won't play for the Ark in football anymore because it'll be consolidated to the one high school. But where else would that even? Where else would people be passionate about their, you know, their school dissolving into one? I, I guess there's probably I don't know like is the I used to be on the choir in the choir and now it's not going to be the central, you know, choir. <laughs> I don't know. I'm 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 just brainstorming here. Well, I don't know if there's anything outside of sports. Um, I mean, outside of history, because people, I mean, they have pride in what where they went and and that they went to Logan or they went to Central or or wherever. Um. So I think there's a lot of that. I mean, sports is sports. Um, it's part of the passion and where you see some of it, but I think you just it's in the history. And I think we felt that in the referendum is um, people were passionate about their history. I just go to, to change. I just go to Uncle Rico and Napoleon Dynamite when I think about like <laughs> like, and then I catch my I catch myself doing it every once in a while too because I played football. I, I have some. I, I had a 41 yard catch once, Jeff. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did not play football. I was never big enough to play football, so um, it wasn't a game. It sounds to me, though, like you're proposing we're going to keep two high schools, but we're going to consolidate the football and the basketball teams to one so they could be better competitiveness. <laughs> I don't know if the school board can make that decision. I, 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 feel, I, feel like, I feel like you're just trying to make people dislike me is what you're trying to say there. <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> yes, I'm totally kidding, totally no, kidding. I'm not proposing anything. I just look at it from a competitive standpoint. And I think sports are – I'm passionate about sports, and I think it's uh, – I want to make sure that both, both with with us keeping both programs, I want to make sure we're funding them well. So we talk about academics, and you talk about teachers, and you talk about everything. But to me, sports, extracurriculars, and not just sports, whether it's the fine arts or you, you got to make sure they're well funded. And that goes back to that, you know, how are we paying for everything. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the text line. Jeff Jackson is joining me. He's running for school board here in the Lacrosse School District. Um, you mentioned being a soccer uh, referee. Before we go to break, I just got a minute. Um, we see these videos all the time of parents getting really mad at refs and some refs even going into the crowd and be like, Hey, is, is the kid, you know, like stay out of it. This is, this is, you're, you're not supposed to be part of the game. I, I'm sure you've seen all these videos. Have you experienced something like that? Cause soccer is a little bit different. I don't know. Maybe parents are as passionate about soccer in terms of yelling at the refs. I guess that can happen, but have you experienced something like that? Yeah, I've, uh, I've seen it. Um, and it's less on the field. It's almost always the parents, right? Where they're very passionate about a call going against their team. And it's that in every sport. Um, I don't feel like it's the players nearly as much. It's definitely the parents that make it very uncomfortable for officials. And I think every sport. Have you personally experienced it and have you had to deal with it? I have. And it's, it's really hard sometimes not to say something because it's what we're coached as officials is basically just leave it be and walk away. Um, but it's it's definitely hard sometimes when you're just really you want the sportsmanship to still be in the game because it's still it's the point you know you're you're learning the kids are learning you want their parents to do the same thing uh, but yeah I've experienced it and it's it's hard sometimes to walk away definitely all right we got to take a break uh, Brad doing the news before that Scott's comment we'll continue with Jeff Jackson uh, running for your lacrosse school board when we come back. Okay. 
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line. Jeff Jackson is joining me this hour. He's running for school board in the Lacrosse School District. He's one of eight people on the ballot in April and uh, making jokes about how he wants to consolidate sports. If anyone didn't understand, that was definitely a joke. Uh, also, it was pretty interesting, Jeff, to learn that you're a, a soccer referee and that you've had to uh, you have you've had to deal with the, the the viral videos that we all see. Maybe not to the extent of a video going viral like that, but you've had to deal with uh, people in the crowd that that uh, hey, this is a high school game. It's not about you. It's about the kids on the field, and it's about sportsmanship, and it's about learning how to play and and play fair, I guess. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not a hockey officiator, so yeah, I think that at least there's no there's no nobody's swung at me yet. So, <laughs> um, all right. So I got I got a list of things that the the like school board might have to deal with here. Uh, the first the first one's kind of the you know you may or may not have to deal with this in two different ways, Jeff. You might not win the win one of the top four spots on the election. And then you'll just be a parent of a, of a kid of a couple of kids in the school district, or you will win, and maybe the operating budget referendum or the operating referendum doesn't pass, and you won't have to deal with it. But then I think you then I think it might be really tough. Your job might get really tough. But six years, sixty million dollars on the ballot. It's an operating budget referendum. Nothing out of the ordinary here, uh, except that you know across the state, schools have to ask taxpayers for more money to keep the lights on. But this is this is what it is. So uh, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I think this is just, you know, the, where we are in, in funding, given the, the lack of revenue coming in from the state. I mean, we, since 2009, our revenue has dropped per pupil dramatically. Uh, it's almost half of what it used to be. So every, I, I think most districts in the area, so Alaska has one going, we are coming off the end of one. Uh, West Salem has one. Holman has one. Everybody's just trying to close the gaps. Um, between where the state's at, where our local tax base is, and, and what we need to do to make sure that we pay the teachers and make sure the kids have a good environment to come to and, and make sure we can continue to update our buildings. So it's um, the numbers. I was at the first listening session last week. It was in the middle of the snow. Um, 55% of it's going to go to teachers and uh, class keeping class sizes low. 25% would go to uh, building updates, so just prioritizing the building updates for ADA and other things, and 20% of it's going to go towards like mental health and trying to bring our students uh, from a curriculum standpoint up. COVID really, uh, the lag that we have uh, is pretty dramatic, so uh, a good portion of that's going to try and bring all the students uh, up to speed. So that's yeah. what they've given us so far, and uh, I think it's something we have to do to make sure we can take care of the business. Otherwise, it's going to be pretty dramatic on the cuts that uh, the board's going to have to make. Yeah, as a guy who's watched some school board meetings, I don't know how far back you go to watching school board meetings, but we've literally had kids come and do public comments about, hey, mental health is, uh, you know, important and we need it in our schools. They've come to, like, kids are participating in democracy here. They're coming to public comments and school board meetings and telling, you know, staff and the and the board and everybody, like, hey, make this a priority. So I don't know if you've, you've seen that or if you understand that dilemma. It's really hard to talk about because it's hard to understand, but it, obviously it's it's a factor. Yeah, it's, uh, it's becoming more and more of a factor. I think, you know, there's lots of things that are playing into that. And you've got social media who just never leaves you alone. Uh, so just think of when we were kids and we didn't have that as kids and you could leave a problem, you could leave a bully, you could leave whatever somewhere. Uh, but now it, it follows you always, um, if you choose to be on that. So 
Yeah, it's definitely been heard loud and clear just in that state and then just, you know, what kids had to go through um, being away from school and, and uh, you know, virtually trying to make it work in whatever environment they had at home was, was really tough uh, Jeff, for them. So, Jeff Jackson, uh, banning social media in high schools, I think that's what he's proposing, or maybe phones in general, just banning phones. I don't know. I, you know what? That might be a winning strategy for trying to win a school board race. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I sure you don't want to sign on. I can, I can probably, give, I, I could probably use a campaign manager <laughs> right, to come campaign. up with great ones for me. I don't know. I've, <laughs> I've had one really. Good, that, I don't it, whether that's a good idea or not. But consolidating sports across the Logan and Central, I, th- I think that's a loser for you right away. Um, yeah, I think that one is too. I think phone, social media, consolidating. Man, I'm just, I'm ticking them off here. It's interesting though because social media has played a factor in a lot of things like that. That we've had like yes. school threats and uh, you know, like a Snapchat will get screenshot or even the fake Snapchats. I mean, we've seen this over the last couple of years. These fake Snapchats that 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 law enforcement had to deal with, and they're like. It's uh, we got to close the school or we got to send out a warning, but it's actually fake, parents. So you know, you'll be everything's okay. Yeah, no, it's it's a weird dynamic for the world, but you put it in the context of schools, and it's just it just both for students and for people around them. Uh, that goes back to that you know the need for mental health uh, is definitely <laughs> definitely there. Yeah, I would say you know some of the some of the credible threats from Snapchat are just I, I feel like they're just kids call call a kids call for attention uh, in a, in a way that you know they don't know how else to get the attention. It's kind of I, I I do this and then I roll my eyes. I'm like, don't do this. But like when a dog ruins your your couch pillows, it's the dog has too much energy. The dog wants attention because you're not giving it enough attention. Uh, it could be related to that, but I don't want to compare kids to dogs too much. No, probably not a good comparison, right? <laughs> right. Um, you mentioned uh, part of the operating bu- referendum question on the ballot. So, again, six years, $60 million. I forgot what percentage you said was going to, to buildings, but we were talking to the be- during the break. Uh, you were telling me, you know, deferred maintenance. The, the school district has huge deferred maintenance, $81 million in deferred maintenance, and a lot of that is, is just three buildings. And I think we, we axed one of those buildings out of the equation. Lincoln Middle School at the end of the year will be closed. How do you feel about that? That's, uh, that was pretty impactful for us as a family. My daughter would be going into Lincoln uh, next year. She's a fifth grader. So that was a pretty abrupt change for us. Um, so it's one of those things that I felt like watching the debate. Um, I was traveling for work at the time, and I was, so I watched it virtually. Uh, watching the debate, and I felt like they, the board members weren't given a lot of information ahead of time. And they had to get under the gun to make decisions because of the operating referendum that night. Um, and the community, I didn't feel, was really engaged super well in that whole process. So I, I felt like it was really rushed, and um, there wasn't a lot of input. So it was – I'm not saying it was the right or wrong decision. At some point, it probably was going to have to happen. From what I've heard, this has been a known problem for years. So past boards have known about this and have chosen not to, to do anything about it at the time. And, um, I, I, but again, it felt really, really rushed. Um, it made a difference to us and it made a difference to a lot of families about, uh, especially people that were in the middle of it. Uh, yeah. Lincoln, had the seventh grader or sixth grader. Lincoln middle schools so. over a hundred years old. So a lot of this $81 million in building deferred maintenance. Uh, I'm guessing if it's the, if there can't be the five oldest buildings have 25 million in infrastructure costs. So, 
Uh, Lincoln is going to be one of those buildings. So that, that you know, and that all comes to into play with the operating budget down the road. Even if this referendum does doesn't pass, you've probably you probably heard quite a bit about and are learning uh, quite a bit about the how strapped the school is for cash going forward. Yeah, I think that's the the, the creative part. If you have a with Lincoln closing in August, you have an opportunity to utilize that space. You know, you've got to, you get the short-sighted way. You can probably, you know, make the asset, sell the asset off and get a one-time win. Or you could find ways to potentially get some reoccurring revenue while also making it an asset for the, for the community, which is what it needs to still be. Is It's in the middle of a neighborhood that needs support. So um, I think those are the creative things that I think we need to talk about as a, as a community. Like, what do you want in that space? And, and can we find creative ways to to create reoccurring revenue from different streams. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity there for us to talk about it. Yeah, so, I, think, I think the school board and even the county have talked about like collaborating in some sort of childcare, you know, facility. And I think that maybe went by the wayside. But I mean, geez, if you take Lincoln Middle School, I don't know what the I don't know what the maintenance building. I, I don't know what kind of maintenance it needs. Obviously, it needs some millions of dollars in repairs, but. Uh, you know, a giant childcare facility right in the middle of the cross. That's that's my brainstorm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's the stuff that we want to hear from the community: is what do you need, what do you want, and what can we do? Because um, it's an asset that we have. So, how do we use that asset to the best of not only the community's needs, but also you know to help our budget? And I think there's definitely some ways we could work our way around. It. But yeah, deferred maintenance is a huge part, and it goes back to that you know the district being strapped for cash and kind of looking at the short-term wins and, and some of it's just the reality of where they're at uh, over the past, you know, 10, 15 years. So yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough closure. And I just felt like, again, it was, it was definitely poorly communicated and socialized across the community. We're speaking with Jeff Jackson. He's running for uh lacrosse school district school board member, one of eight people running for school board in the, in the lacrosse school district. Um, well, here's the thing too, is you, we talk about we, the referendum to build a new high school didn't pass. Uh, the whole point of that was building consolidation. Number one, the first building to be consolidated was Lincoln High, Lincoln Middle School. So as we go forward, and if you're on the school board, I feel like you're going to have to be part of these decisions too. Is is maybe possibly closing? I think they wanted to close three buildings. Yeah, I think that's there. We asked that question because I was really questioning the deferred maintenance. That the 25 percent of the operating referendum um, was only 25 percent of it was going to the buildings, but. Um, I was trying to figure out if there's ways that we can can increase that. Um, so, but if you if you look at, we asked about the long term facilities plan. The plan is to to have a community group. Uh, so we're not supposed to do anything with the, the with the buildings until this community group is formed, and they are supposed to lead the discussion around what do we do, what's the community want, um, because if we exit that and say they say we want to keep all of our schools then we're probably going to have to talk about another referendum, right? Because we have to find ways to fund the maintenance, fund the staffing, fund the, you know, the overhead and the operating costs to make sure that we're, we're giving everybody a really good product. But that's what I think they want to hear is what is it? Um, if we do have to close something, they want the community to really be engaged. Cause I think that, I hope they've heard us loud and clear that they've got to do a better job. Well, it's- I said, not the school board, but the administration has to do a better job. Well, and, and curious too is when we ask the community to be engaged when and and come to these meetings and and talk about the school, maybe the school that impacts you that might be closed. 
Um, I wonder how much staff will be involved in that or how much staff will be invited to communicate to the community or even just communicate to the, the school board on, hey, if this this is the school that I'm working in, this is the dilemma of this school for me to work in. Like maybe some staff don't want to work at that school because of whatever the building needs that aren't being met, or maybe the staff really likes that school and it doesn't need to be closed. Yeah. I think you're, you brought up a good point there because staff it's where they work every day. So if we're not engaging staff, uh, we're missing another vital piece of making this whole thing work um, because they have to tell us what they want, what they need, how they teach. They're the professionals. Um, and the same with just the staff, so building maintenance and, and custodial work as well as food service, all those things need to tell the group what they need and what they want. So if we're going to do consolidations or if we're going to do upgrades to the building, they need to have a voice, um, just like they, have, they should have a voice in curriculum and everything else, um, as well as the community. But if we miss those two pieces, then, then again, I think we're missing again. So, yeah, you definitely bring up a good point that if the teachers aren't being engaged and the staff isn't being engaged, then... Uh, uh, that's, a, that's a huge miss. This is like your your theme, I think. You keep saying engage and engagement, and, and a lot. This is a theme of my show. Yep. There's a there's a committee meeting tonight. It's committee week for the city of Lacrosse. The, there's a Tuesday committee and a Thursday committee. They meet at six p.m. So they're going to meet here in a couple minutes. Uh, the biggest committees that Lacrosse has in the community often isn't all that engaged in these things. Uh, same with school board meetings. Uh, even when kids are being engaged, sometimes the adults aren't being engaged. Um, and then these decisions get made, with, and and then after the fact, it's like you did what, and then the reaction is like that. So sometimes, sometimes you could blame the school or the school board for for not bringing that stuff up, or you could blame the community. I don't know if you want to say blame the community, but um, you know, like getting that engagement. Do you have any any secret ways to to do that to to raise that engagement? I I think if you you have to be able to to kind of check all the boxes. I think. There is a reliance on, on social media and, and maybe checking because it's like in a public meeting. You know, you have to have your, your requirements to say we've, we've advertised the meeting. But whether we actually do that and actually listen and, and make sure that, that there's a timeline in place. So, like, say if they wanted to close Lincoln and they want to close it at the end of this year, they should have been talking with parents, community members, incoming parents. Um, Staff. You know for two years, right? And that didn't happen. And that's what we have to do if we have to make these impactful decisions. You have to really have people have a longer discussion than two weeks or a month. Well, how, how does that uh, impact you? You said your daughter, I think you said daughter was going to go to Lincoln next year. So so what, what now? Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know. So we, we would be, we're, where they redrew the boundary, so they drew the boundary to be at Ferry, so the standard high school boundary. So we would be going to uh, Logan Middle. Um, so that's current. Our current plan um, is to, to have her. So she's going to go check out Logan Middle and see what that is. And um, but again, just socially, some of her friends are going to be going to Longfellow now that she would have had at Lincoln, and some of them are going. Would some of them potentially be going to Logan? So part of this is social, and part of it's you know curriculum based. Uh, so that's where we're kind of learning as we go too, because this the closing or closure of Lincoln, you know, impacted us. Well, all you gotta do, all you gotta do is get your daughter, get her a cell phone, get her on that social media. She could talk to her friends all, all on the phone. She doesn't have to go and see them. It's fine, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) 
And just, I just feel like that's mental health mental health bills I'm going to have in the future, man. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's Jeff Jackson. He's one of eight people running for lacrosse school board. I'm going to try to run run through all the candidates on my show. Jeff, I really appreciate you coming on. Last thing, uh, I know we talked about this off the air for like two seconds, but Governor Tony Evers has released his two-year budget. I don't know if you looked at it all that much. And then, um, you know, like one of the things is like $1,000 more per pupil to each school district. So I don't know. What, what do you take of from Governor Evers' budget? Yeah, it was, if it goes through, and again, this is just a proposal. So we know there's a split government. So this is going to be a long, drawn-out discussion. Uh, probably won't know anything until maybe July, August. Mm-hmm. So for, from an operating revenue, rep, referendum standpoint, we need to make decisions uh, now. I think it was like 400 and something in the first year and 600 and something in the second year increases per pupil, but it's, there's nothing past the biennium. So even if there is an influx, and there is stuff around that we already talked about mental health, um, as well as um, school lunch programs and breakfast programs, you know, helping trying to close those gaps in the school districts, is, which is really stuff that we, we need to talk about and how do we sustain that. But I don't know if we can count on, on the numbers that, that Evers uh, has given in his budget proposal, given the fact that it's got to make its way through the legislature on top of it. So if it comes through, I think that we'd have to be the ability to readjust the operating revenue and maybe take care of some more of the building maintenance if we do get an increase for a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, which would be great. But I think that would give us some more flexibility. But right now, I think the district's definitely not planning on on the numbers that we've seen yet from from Governor Evers. Sure. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks a lot. All right, man. Thanks for having me. All right, that was Jeff Jackson, one of, like I said, one of eight people running in the Lacrosse School District for school board. Uh, I think I have another one coming on Thursday and maybe next week, one day. I can't remember exactly, but anyway, I got to take one more quick break. All right, just going to wrap up here on a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks again to Jeff Jackson for joining me and talking about some of his thoughts on running for school board here in the Lacrosse School District. So it's kind of a mouthful. Running for Lacrosse School Board in the Lacrosse School District. It's always just doesn't flow off the tongue all that well, but he was great. I thought uh, I thought he was pretty well informed. This is a learning experience for me as well. Interviewing school board members and learning about the school board. I mean, we've been doing this for three years, but it's always a learning experience. And I'm sure for everyone running to an extent, it would be a learning experience. But I thought he did did pretty well. All right. That's all the time I have for today. Adam Murphy, we're going to talk politics tomorrow.